But what I want to do today is I want to specifically talk about the seventh piece of this series. And it's about freedom. It's about building a future that does not trap you later. Because sometimes you do things that trap you. Some of you know I'm telling the truth. When you go to the mall, you're having a good time. Swipe, 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 swipe. But oh Lord, in 30 days, handcuffs come. Have you been trapped? Have you thrown seed to your future that tie your hands? You said things in your relationships that you can't take back. You try, but every time you get to a, a tight spot, it comes up again. Have you ever went looking for a job and it's hard to get another job like you had before because you cussed out the last two bosses? <laughs> it felt good when you was cussing them. It did. It felt real good. You know, you, I don't take that. I ain't going to put up with that. But then when you went to apply, you see, they're all in the same industry. It's a small world. And, and so today, I want you to lift your hands up as high as you want to be blessed. Father God, we lift our hearts and our hands today declaring your word over us, asking you to help us today build a future that frees us and not one that traps us. We ask you, Lord God, to help us find truth today that will lift us to a new place. In Jesus' name, and everyone say amen. amen. One more time, real loud, shout and give God a praise. Come on, one more time. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. I want to begin by reviewing the journey with you. I started this series by talking about the fact that if you're going to build a future, which is really important for you to, to decide to do, you must participate. That's the first thing I taught you. It's not just going to happen. John 14, 26 says the Holy Spirit will come and he will be one who comes alongside you. He participates with you. This idea that you pray and God fixes your life and you do nothing but put up your feet and speak in tongues is not true. Come on, say, I must. I must. Come on, say it with me. Come on, say, I must. I must. Participate. participate. You're involved in this. If your marriage is going to be better, if your health is going to be better, if your money is going to be better, you have to go to work. You have to participate. Second thing I taught you was, if you're going to build a future, you must be teachable and changeable. I used Abraham as an example. You have to learn. You have to be the kind of person who learns. And in Genesis 12, we, we, we travel through a journey with Abraham, and we learn the importance of being a teachable, trainable person. Third thing I talked to you about was, if you're going to be a person who builds a future, you have to be a person who's courageous and determined. I call that courageous determination. Say that with me, please. Come on courageous determination, which means if you're going to build the kind of future you dream of, you can't be wimpy. Joshua taught us that you have to take charge. You have to declare, I'm going to conquer that land. I'm going to change this behavior. And then we went further and we talked about a bad girl. And we said, if you want to build a future, you must dream. You must dream of a better future for yourself. And we talked about Rahab. You know, Rahab the harlot. See, you can be a bad girl and turn out to be an awesomely blessed girl. 
Just because you had a bad past doesn't mean you have to have a bad future. Amen. Don't let people define you by who you used to be. Amen. Then we talked about something that's important. Went back to Joshua and we said, if you want to build a future, you must avoid being victoriously blind. Can you say that with me, please? Victoriously blind. Here's what that means. In Joshua chapter 6, Joshua was victorious. He conquered Jericho, but in chapter 7, he was blind. In chapter 7, there were problems he did not know existed. Have you ever been blindsided? Have you ever dealt with something in your life and you sat there and you thought, I didn't know that. I'm the dumbest one in the room. I was happy, but I was also blind. I was excited, but I didn't see the other side. And in Joshua chapter 6, Joshua was happy about the victory that they were about to have in Jericho, but he did not know that Achan was already messing up everything. Sometimes you can have a great company doing really well and not know that somebody that works for you is making it hard for you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so I talked about making sure you're not victoriously blind so you can build the kind of future you want. Then in our last sermon together, we talked about something that I absolutely love, and that was this past Thursday night. I talked about something called passionate placement. Can you say that with me, please? Passionate placement. One of the things you have to do to build the future is you have to be passionate. And you have to be placed properly. If you are not where you're supposed to be, you will never be happy. And I, I tell the story. It's a great story. I'm not going to go get the sermon. I talked about the, rich, the young prophet and the old prophet and how the old prophet tricked the young prophet into being in the wrong place. Sometimes you need to be in certain places to hear God. To build the kind of future you want, you will never build it if you keep hanging with the wrong people. See, like right now, you're in the place you're supposed to be. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, I'm supposed to be here. You're supposed to be watching me at home. You're supposed to be streaming in with me. This is your moment. You've got to be passionately placed. And you have to say, I will not allow myself to be put in the wrong place. Now, let's think about that. You can go get all those sermons right there on your app or wherever, and you can, you can listen to all the messages. And, and, and you can say, you know, God, maybe that's the series I needed. But today, as I close the series, I want to talk about building a future that frees you. Say that with me, please. Come on. Building a future that frees you. You must build things in your life that don't trap you. You see, building a freedom-filled future requires that you make some tough choices. You must decide to avoid the people. Say this with me, please. Come on, say the people, the habits, and the weaknesses in your own life that keep you entangled. There's a verse in Galatians 5 that I have loved for years because Paul talks about this. He talks about how some people can get free and get bound and get free and get bound and get free and get bound. Anybody know about that? You do well for a while, your marriage is well for a while, but all of a sudden this entanglement is messed up. But Galatians 5 and 1 says, be not again, and I love the word again, be not again entangled in the yoke of bondage. And for some reason, the word again just stands out to me because it's all about again. Because some of you could say, I'm here again. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, warns us that 
The only way to stay free is to walk with the wise. You're never going to be free if you don't change who you walk with. And here's what he says. Walk with the wise and be wise. Say that with me, please. Come on. Walk with the wise and be wise. But listen to this now. But the companion of fools suffers harm. Now, what touches me about this verse is the fool is not hurt. The companion of the fool is hurt. Let me say it again. The fool is fine. The fool that was driving you drunk, he lives. You're the one to get hurt riding with him. Come on, say it again. Say, the companion of fools suffers harm. So if you want to change your future, if you want to make sure you, don't, you have a freedom-filled future, there are some things that you have to do. And let me give you five things you need to do. You ready? Number one. First of all, you have to decide you want to be free. And that's just something you have to come to. I can't decide that for you. You have to make a decision. I don't want this in my life. I, I really don't. I just don't want this in my life. Some people tell me, say, oh, you're so disciplined. I said, no, I'm desperate. <laughs> I'm not disciplined. I, don't, I mean, I, and I, I believe in discipline, and I, but I, I tend to... I tend to want to say, yeah, but if, if there's any discipline in me, it's because I am desperately tired of certain things. Amen. The only reason I work out, one of the major reasons I worked out hour yesterday is because I'm tired of hurting. Everything hurts. <laughs> I just had a birthday, 59 this past Wednesday. Come on, 59. <laughs> and I can, I can still run. You know, when you're 59, you can't run, you scoot, you ain't careful. <laughs> oh, 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 I want to show him something so bad. I want to show him. Can, can, can Y'all help me. I'm gonna show. You know, when you, when you, when I'm going to do it right here. You know, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're 59, and you, when you're young, you just jump up like that. You just jump up. Uh-uh. When you feel you start rocking it. You got to send an email. <laughs> I'm about to get up, knees. Come on now. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. That's why I work out. I got to get them knees up, man. I got to move. Hey, you got to do it all. You know, you got to get down. You got to get low. Get up. Man, if you don't get down, you, get, you can't get up. <laughs> all right, y'all messing with me. Let me get on back while I walk. You have to make a decision. Nobody can decide that for me. Nobody can make you walk. Nobody can make you walk 20 minutes a day, three days a week. Lord, help us. Cut the TV off. Get off the internet. Get off Facebook and walk. There's something about understanding that my life will never be certain places unless I decide. Come on, say, I must decide. All right, number two, you must also, if you want to be free, you must avoid entanglements. Free people decide to avoid the things that entangle them, which means you got to be really honest. You have to be really, really honest. This person entangles me. When they come by, I can't hear Jesus. I, can't, I don't know where the Bible verses are. And you need to be honest about that. You should just have an honest, look, I can't date you. Here's why, because I forget about Jesus, the Bible, and everything else. 
You come over here, it's going to be sin tonight, so don't come over here. <laughs> you know, I have a little saying. If you do one and two, three will happen. Say that with me, please. Come on. If you do one and two, three will happen. Say it again. Come on. If you do what? One and two. Here's one. Answer the phone call. <laughs> two, they come over. Three going to happen. Amen. That's it. <laughs> one, two, three. It's always that way. You have to be honest. And you have to say, this is an entanglement for me. You have to say that to people. You have to stop them and say, listen, I appreciate your kindness, but I can't be friends with you. You're not the kind of person, because that's one. And if I talk to you long, that's two, that's it, three's on the way. So I need to be honest with myself, and I must decide that this is thirdly, you ready, something that can enslave me. Free people decide, free people are really clear in their minds about the things that they need to stay away from because they entangle them, and free people avoid the harnesses or the traps of slavery. They know it. They name them. Fourthly, free people, they don't live by strict rule-keeping systems. They don't live like they have a scrub board. Free people, number one, decide. Free people avoid entanglements. Free people don't allow themselves to be strapped with harnesses, things they know can enslave them. And free people really don't live by religious rules that are real restrict. You know, I, my, when I was coming up as a kid, my mother, we didn't have a washing and dryer, and we used to hang our clothes on the line. Anybody know about that? I did that in L.A., and they stole all my pants. Now I hung them inside. <laughs> they did. They stole all my pants. You ever had that happen to you? They stole every pair of pants I hung out there. And so, I, I, not, then you hang them inside, you know. And so, I, I remember when we you used to have a scrub board. Anybody know what a scrub board is? And, and, you, and, you, and we used to scrub the clothes. And my mother taught me, because I was the only child raised by a single parent. And so, she taught me, look, you got to learn how to take care of yourself. And so, she put a little box, and I'd stand up on the box, and we'd be in the sink. Anybody know about that? And you know how to wash the clothes like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, when I'm in a hotel... And, and I can't get my clothes clean, I know exactly what to do. You understand? I said, thank you, mama. I'm sitting here in a hotel about to preach to thousands of people, but I know how to wash my clothes. Amen. So I remember sitting there thinking how in a lot of Christians' lives, that's the way the gospel's been preached to them. And they, and they tell you the way to be free is to leave this, live this legalistic life where you're always trying to scrub off some sin. Free people don't, don't, don't do that. Free people don't live under legalism. Free, free people are not bound with a whole bunch of rules and regulations. They live by faith. They do what they do not for fear that God's going to get them. They do it because they believe God's way is the best way. Come on, say amen. Are you hearing me? And then lastly, so free people decide. Come on, say it with me, please. Free, free people decide. They avoid entanglements. They avoid slavery. They don't live by strict rules. And listen to this, this is so important. They don't, they, they, they avoid a lot of religious plans and projects that rely on human effort. Now, this is so important because I, 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 as a pastor, if I'm not careful, I will have a big religious plan for my life. And it's just a, a religious plan. It's not tied to a walking, breathing relationship with the living God. 
For example, you have a plan, but you don't pray. You have a plan, but you have no time with God. This is all the time you spent with God this whole week. So you have a religious plan to come to church, but beyond this, you have no relationship. And that's why you're not going to be free. You're not going to see great spiritual breakthrough in your life unless you decide to, as an individual, walk before the living God and be holy. You have to decide who you're going to hang with. You have to make this decision. Now, in our final part part here, I want to show you a guy who made the wrong decisions. And I want want you to look with me, and I want you to listen to this story that unveils a powerful truth. But let me read for you first a verse I want you to remember. Let me read again. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Christ set us free to live a free life. So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. Now, I want you to think about that. He said, the moment Christ comes in your life, his ultimate goal is to free you. And you have to ask yourself, am I bound? The guy we're going to study today is an example of a person who made a decision that put him in a place of bondage. It robbed him of his life. It put him in an incredible place, and it almost destroyed his future. The very thing that Paul warned us about happened in his life. And if you look closely, you're going to see the story I'm about to tell you. It happens in families. It happens in churches. It happens in businesses. It happens in governments. And it's all because of four things. And you're going to see this in this story I'm about to share with you. It's the way this particular person thought. The way, he, the way his mind worked, the way he approached his life. That's the second thing that caused this to happen to him. And then it was his passions. He had the wrong passion. He was passionate about advancing his kingdom and his government, but he was not passionate about the right things. And then lastly, you're going to see that this guy just didn't have what I call a mature discipline. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Mature discipline. You say, well, who is this guy? His name is Jehoshaphat. His story is in 2 Chronicles chapter 18. And this is a story that has amazed me because this is a guy who was smart. And he had a lot going for him. And you would think that his mind was in the right place. You would think he knows how to approach life. You would think this is the kind of guy who was passionate about the right things because he's a king, he's he's conquered all this land. You would think he had mature disciplines. But I've learned that certain people can come into your life and I don't know what it is about them, but they just make you crazy. (laughs) You are fine until they come over. And when they come over, you go, hey, there it is, you get off the cliff. You wouldn't drink, you wouldn't do drugs, but until they come by and hang out with you, you don't even mention word of faith. You don't inv- Who is it you don't invite to church? Because you don't want the normal, you, you got your church life and your other life. And the people in your other life wouldn't know you go here unless the camera pans on you. And when they see this, they say, they go to church, you can't. They were just with me last night. They was in Uh, 
I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> so I want to show you a story, and I want to show you how this guy was amazing. Second Chronicles chapter 18. It said, Jehoshaphat had riches and honor, chapter 18, verse 1, and abundance. And by marriage, he aligned with Ahab. That's the problem. Jehoshaphat, Ahab. Jehoshaphat's man going okay, doing okay, but Ahab, he's a straight crip. <laughs> I ain't throwing shade on the crips too much here, but I'm trying to make a point. He's the king of the gangbang. Ahab is amazing. Ahab is one of the most dishonest, uh, violent guys you ever want to hang with. And, and so Jehoshaphat, in an effort to try to make peace, trying to get along, they, they come up with this marriage agreement where you take my daughter, son, whatever, and, we, and then, you know, we're going we're gonna to be okay, you and I. So then years go by, and, and Jehoshaphat decides to go and hang out with him. Now, you ever had somebody call you and ask you to come over and you know you should have said no? Well, this is the time he decides, after years now, he goes and visits with him. After some years, he went down to visit Ahab in Samaria. Now, note, Ahab was the wrong person to befriend. And here's why. He was one of those guys who lived in rebellion. The Bible describes him this way in 1 Kings 16, 31. Now, this description is amazing because it goes beyond what he did and talked about who he married. So in describing how bad Ahab was, the Bible says something that's extremely unique. Listen to how it says it. It came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him Ahab to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Pause. Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, was incredibly off the charts when it came to being wicked. And so it says, it's really a light thing that he was like Jeroboam. That wasn't the worst thing about him. The worst thing was he took Jezebel to be his wife. Now that's bad. You know him because, oh, he married Jezebel. So this is the guy he's going to hang out with. And let me just say this to you. There's nothing but trouble in this. There's nothing good about it. And this is what's going to trap him in his future. Now, I want you to listen carefully. You can be free for a very long time, but I want you to look at your friendships Look at your relationships and ask yourself, where will this lead me? In this moment, he makes a decision, and I want you to listen carefully, and I want you to notice how when he's with Ahab, his brain's off. He ignores the obvious. Watch what happens. Verse 28 of 2 Chronicles chapter 18. So the king of Israel which was Ahab, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, now listen to this now, the king Ahab says to Jehoshaphat, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to be Jehoshaphat for a minute, okay? And I'm going to be Ahab just for a minute. 
See, I'm going to be the bad guy just for a minute. Now, I want you to watch this now. So, here's what I told you. I will disguise myself and go into battle. But you put on your robe. So, you'll look like a king and I won't. Think about it for a minute. We're going out there in the hostile territory, and their goal is to kill the king. <laughs> That's you. But I, Uncle Ricky, whatever y'all call me, I say, tell you what, I'm going to disguise myself so nobody's going to know I'm the king, you understand? I'm just going, and then you and I are going to go out there together. Now, you just want to say, is your brain on? Don't you see? This is kind of fishy. Now, first of all, we have united in some relationship through marriage. I haven't seen you. It's my first visit. And now you want me to go out here with you to battle. And you want me to dress up like a king. And you want to disguise yourself. Oh, this is fascinating. So it says, so the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went to battle. Verse 30. Now the king of Syria, that's who they were fighting, had commanded the captain of the chariots who, who were with him, saying, fight with no one, small or great, but just find the king of Israel. When you guys go to battle, ignore everybody but the king. Now, you know, it's just kind of special that you be out there in your kingly outfit <laughs> with all your stuff blinging, and everybody in the battlefield said, kill him. Now watch this now. This is his friend now. It said so, verse 31, so it was that when the captain of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, that they said, oh, it's the king of Israel. Therefore they surrounded him to attack him. But Jehoshaphat cried out. I guess so. <laughs> now watch this. I'm going to show you how it sounded. You ready? I need all the brothers to join me in this, okay? Brothers, we're going to do a little Jehoshaphat cry. When I say three, you are oh, ready? One, two, three. That's it. <laughs> He's standing there with his kingly outfit. and you ready, brother? And he said, what? Oh. He was, that wasn't loud. Come on, brother. He said, what? Oh. That's right. He was scared to death. <laughs> Crying out. Ah! Screaming, howling, running. They're going to kill me. They're going to kill me. <laughs> They're going to kill me. You ever been like that? Get with the wrong people. You get surrounded with money problems, relationship challenges, always in a fight, always got to make up with each other, always arguing. And he cried out to the Lord, I guess so. Help me, Lord. I'm in the wrong place. Help me. Help me, Lord. I'm in a trap. Help. Well, please notice, he was almost killed because of Ahab's scheme. Now what's amazing is, Ahab was watching all this. What were they after him? Now you would think Ahab would go and rescue him or jump in the middle. No, Ahab, oh boy, I'm glad I didn't put that stuff on. Man, look at that. Oh boy. You ever, you ever had people mess you up and then advise you? <laughs> you, want, you want to advise me now. So, verse 32, when the captain of the chariot saw that it was not the king of Israel, 
They turn back from pursuing him. Oh, that's not him. But what is it like to be Jehoshaphat? When you see him turn around, first of all, you're like this. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> you ever had an oh, God moment? Oh, God, when I pay off this debt. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> when I get another job, when I get married again, when I get another relationship, when, when my body stops hurting this time, when I get out of this physical crisis, what is the moment in your life? If you're honest, you created this. You were a part of this. Yeah, your children are special, but you were there when they were being raised. Some of this, you have to say, oh God, I was a part of that. Some of this, if I were listening, I could have seen it. But we ignore things and it's, it's, it's in that moment that we learn a profound lesson. You are a part of building your future. Jehoshaphat was a part of this, this future. He built the trap. Now later on, Ahab, he dies. Verse 33 says, A certain man drew a bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. So Ahab eventually is judged for his behavior. But let's put that aside for a minute. I want to talk about you. I want to talk about what you're doing, choices you're making, and the decisions you need to make, and the things that you need to do that can change your future. You see, for me, I'm, I'm in a place where I realize that I don't want certain things in my future. I don't want to see my family be a certain way. I don't want to see my, my thinking. I don't want to be an angry person. I don't want to sit down all my life and be frustrated. I don't want to spend my, my years sitting down angry and mad because my daddy wasn't there for me or my mama wasn't there for me or, or they didn't give me the promotion on the job and, and I just think that it's unfair and I don't know what's wrong with me. Why are you sitting here feeling sorry for yourself? Why don't you decide to do something about your life? This is your life. This is your future. As long as you're sitting here and saying, I can't believe I married that man. Well, you went down the aisle and you said, I do. Yes, you did. <laughs> you told your mama, I love him and I got to have him. I got to have him. He's my man. I don't like y'all talking about my man. You built some of this future. You got to own some of this. You can't make everybody else a blame for this. You are part of this. And now you can be a part of a new future. You can say for yourself, I'm not going to sit down and feel sorry for myself, but I'm going to get up from here in the name of Jesus, and I'm going to build myself some money. I'm going to get myself a future. I'm not going to accept where I've been. I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of not having money. I'm tired of having Visa in my pocket. God never meant for Visa to be your best friend. Come on, talk to me if you're hearing me. God never meant for you to have this sense of loneliness. I don't know, some of you women, Lord help you. You're going around, I'm ugly. Well, make yourself pretty, baby. Do something about yourself. Get your toes done. Go down there, let them get them fixed up. Do what you can do. Why are you feeling sorry for yourself? Laying down and giving up on life. That's not God's will. I will not have it. I will not have it. I will not have it in my life. I will not have it. Not another day in my life will I have it. 
You've got to decide. Nobody can decide for you. Nobody going to give me a chance. Well, make a chance. Kick in the door. Make it happen. Why sit here we and die? That's what those lepers said. Why should we sit here? If we sit here, we're going to die of starvation. If we go to Israel, we're going to die. If we go to Syria, we're going to die. So why not go somewhere and try? I mean, you know, I understand. There are moments, you know, in this job where you just feel, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, another sermon. Oh, Lord, another sermon. Hey, do I have another word? Can I get up? And then sometimes people look at you when you're preaching, and they look at you like, you ain't doing good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it gets to you, you know. <laughs> you, be try, you be trying to do your best, and they say, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. <laughs> then some of them be sleeping. That really gets you bad. That makes you mad then. I worked all this time. They say it takes 15 hours to do one sermon. That's what they say, 15 hours. And you know what? And you work 15 hours and people sleep and you want to say, get up. I don't you sleep on me. Wake up. Tell your neighbor to get up. But I can't let that bother me. I preach right on over that in Jesus' name. I keep on going. I keep on talking about what God said. I'm not quitting. If you're going to stand, stand with me right now. Stand up on your feet. Give God a big shout. Give God a big hand clap. Come on, people. Come on, people. Shout it out loud. See, I have to, you have to have an answer for folks. So some of you think you're not cute, especially you ladies. Men don't care. Some of you think <laughs> they really don't. They don't worry about that too much. And you, 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 you going on this job and people telling you, you, you feel, making you feel ugly. Don't you feel ugly? The only people I feel ugly for are people who get beauty checks. If they don't get a beauty check, they can't talk about me. They're not getting paid for their good looks. Come on, say amen. Why am I letting them bother me? I'm not going to let anybody make me feel that because I've had some financial challenges or difficulties that I'm not going to be strong. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm not going to let somebody hold my past against me. I'm going to rise up like Rahab and say, I believe I can have a future. I'm going to dream. Father, today I declare over your people's lives that they have heard a message that will be life-changing. They understand now that they build a future. God works with them, but they must participate. They must reach up and grab their future. They must step over things that they don't control and believe that God's hands on their lives. Father, today, now lift your hands up as high as you want to be blessed. We declare it, that we are leaving this room free today. We will not be bound. We will not be defeated, and we will never be discouraged. We will encourage ourselves. We will tell ourselves you're okay in the name of Jesus. Now put your hands down. Let me show you what I do. Sometimes I get up in the morning, and I don't feel that good looking. Sometimes I see things, and it make you have to work at it. Sometimes you look at that side view. You say, watch out now. It's coming on me now. Watch it. devil trying to do something here. We got to work on this. So what I do is I say, come on, Temple. Uh, and, and it's scary. It's real scary. I said, Ricky Temple, I need you to pay attention. You got to tell yourself you're going to make it. I said, come on, Temple. Tighten it up a little bit. Believe you can. Believe God's hands on your life. And sometimes when it's really heavy on me, 
I said, what's your name? I said, my name is Determined. What's your name? My name is I Don't Give Up. What's your name? My name is I Stand When Others Fall. What's your name? My name is I Will Never Be Defeated. Come on, shout amen, church. That's what I tell myself. Some mornings I don't feel like getting out of bed. On Sunday morning. Don't fool yourself now. Sometimes I want to lay down too. I want to call in sick. Hey, I can't make it today, y'all. Find a verse or something, read it. Bam, I'm tired. But in those moments, what I do is I say, come on, Temple. What kind of man do you want to be? What kind of black man do you want to be? You want to be the late black man or the on-time black man? What you want to be? You want to be above and not beneath? Get up out that bed, boy. Come on. Believe that God's strength is in your hand today. Believe that God's hands on you. Come on, you can soar, you can fly. And so, God, I thank you today for this message. I thank you today for this series. And I leave with confidence knowing that we know how to build the future in Jesus' name. Thank you all. God bless you.